This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill, fantasy football podcast, now a video podcast as well. Uh, you can hear the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So. Uh, also, you can see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way. Uh, it's time to take a look at the draft possibilities. Fantasy drafts are taking place all over the country, all over the world over the next couple of weeks. And with the NFL season set to begin on Thursday, September 9th, and a full schedule of Sunday games on the 12th, uh, you have a couple of weeks. Not very long, but you do. Uh, we're taking a look at the quarterbacks and the wide receivers, and then we'll jump into the running backs. And uh, Eric, we pretty much know the guys like Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. They're definitely tier one guys. They're going to go in the first round of the regular drafts, not the dynasties. Uh, so let's explore the next level down the quarterbacks and the guys who are on the cusp, but a little later down in the draft, uh, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert uh, are some interesting possibilities. You mentioned a lot of question marks here, right? Heading into uh, week one. First of all, I'm not sure how Aaron Rodgers dipped into the second tier below Kyler Murray, for instance. So or any QB, other than maybe Mahomes, here's a guy that's re the reigning MVP of last year, which the status to me says he's the top of the top tier. So out of the eight guys that you just mentioned, to me, Justin Herbert looks to be the one with the most upside. Um, unbelievable rookie year uh, performance throughout the year, including that opening game versus the Chiefs, where he learned about, what, five minutes before kickoff that he was right. actually starting and then did nearly everything he could to win it and damn near beat the Chiefs twice last year. Yeah. Um, the other guy I would say to look out for is Dak Prescott because, um, you know, he's he's a guy that, uh, you know, provided he can actually throw this season because a couple, couple of practices in here, his shoulder apparently went from, what, a mild strain has pretty much eliminated him from every training camp practice so far. But if you were to get off to the kind of start he had last year, um, you know, I think given the fact that they're probably again going to struggle defensively, which means he's going to be throwing the ball, not just in the first two, three quarters, but throughout possibly trying to win games at the end. I think he's volume. A, yeah. correct. I think he's going to be a great uh, addition to someone's lineup. Um, and then I think, uh, you know, you look at Russell Wilson. So in Seattle, is it the, Will we throw it every down Russell Wilson offense or will we run it and play good defense like Pete Carroll wants to do? Me personally, I think that Pete Carroll wins out on this one uh, because that's Seattle's best chance for me anyway, for them to go deep in the playoffs, which is where they always want to get. And they've got the talent to do it. Um, but it also is, 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 you know, on the positive side, it limits Wilson's exposure to getting injured, which is what he was running through toward the tail end of last year. Um, so anyway, I think fantasy football wise, those three guys you have to look at in terms of quarterback that maybe other people aren't as much. Well, you know, that's you've down include includes, and you talk about Aaron Rodgers being the reigning MVP. 
Yeah, he's probably not the number one or number two, maybe even number three pick in the draft as far as quarterbacks. But now you go to the next group down and you got the reigning Super Bowl champion, Tom Brady, you know, who's not even in the top tier of, of, of guys. It, and you think, OK, why is that? And you just look around and you say, well, the volume, you know, and he, he's got a really good team around him. And then you also have Matthew Stafford down with the Rams and Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins. Well, like you, I'm saying it's hard to bet against Tom Brady, especially considering that it was the second half of the year, including the playoff and Super Bowl run, where he was probably the best quarterback in the league during that stretch. Uh, so I wouldn't go against him to begin with. The other guy, I think, is Stafford. Here's a guy that has been waiting 12 years to play a meaningful game in December. Well, now he's found not only that team – a very talented one, but the coach and that dynamic Sean McVay play caller to go along with it. That's the guy I think that's going to bust out this year. He's already great, already puts up great numbers, but he's never had the kind of supporting cast and the dynamic defense he's going to be playing this year uh, with the Rams. Um, and given the fact that Cam Akers, right, tore his, what, Achilles? Done for the year. Yeah. So they're going to have a big uh, a weight is going to be squarely put on Matthew Stafford's shoulders offensively anyway. Uh, I, don't make Sonny, I, I don't think Sony Michelle is the answer there either. I think that uh, Sony Michelle really is a second, maybe even a third tier running back. He's probably going to carry the load. Well, and I like last year. Okay. The last couple of years, really, it's been when Sean McVay is committed to the outside zone run and, and they have a great play action game. Goff has some great games. Just faking the, the wide zone run and coming back on a play action bootleg around the corner. And they're very productive all over the field with that. Um, I think the other guy, too, to look out for is Cousins. Guy quietly goes about his job, never gets any credit for anything he does. At the end of the year, guaranteed top five in numbers in fantasy football. Guaranteed. The only knock on him that I ever hear anybody talk about, well, he can't win like a Monday night football game or a whatever big game at the end of the year. Well, He's going to get his chance this year because they play their only Monday night football game. In fact, is uh, well, I think December 12th or something against the Bears in Chicago. So he'll get his chance by then. And then the other guy that not in terms of fantasy quarterbacks, but by that time, one guy who might be playing for the Bears would be Justin Fields, who also could be having his breakout part of that night as well. Well, you know, the next year down is uh, Ryan Tannehill, Ben Roethlisberger, Baker Mayfield, Joe Burrow, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. And, and you know, Three of those guys are in the AFC North, so it uh, kind of kind of lays it out there. Uh, that's it's quarterback wise, it's you know they're big names, they're good players, but they're just not the guys who are going to go even in the first round. Any of those guys, correct? I I, I agree with you. Um, one of the guys, though, out of that entire group, and this might not come as something you want to hear, but I think Brian Tannehill is the guy that impresses me the most because for the last couple of years. He's had a very steady ascent that's only gone in this direction. Um, he plays the game to me with a certain calmness and a confidence in the way he makes decisions and delivers the ball. He never seems to be pressured by any situation that he ever finds himself in. Big game coming in, end of the game on a two-minute drive, nothing seems like it's over his head. True, Arthur Smith is now gone. Julio Jones um, – they pick up, but, uh, you know, I think with Derrick Henry running the ball, he's still as good at probably the biggest threat running the ball in the league, which means they're going to have another strong 
play action game coming off of that. Um, and I think Tannehill doesn't get probably the credit he deserves for being the athlete that he is, which was a former receiver the way he started out at Texas A&M. Uh, well, and then, good. Go ahead. Uh, before we get to the rookies, I want to discuss uh, Tua, Daniel Jones, yep. Derek Carr, and Jared Goff. And then, of course, the interesting battle, which was won by Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, and Jameis Wisdom. And I don't think that's over yet. I think Taysom Hill is going to be a real uh, possibility of ended up uh, starting before, maybe even before halfway through the season. Well, okay, since you mentioned that uh, battle there, obviously I think Jameis Winston's won that deal. Um, but I don't think Jameis – my personal feeling is I don't think if without a significant collapse by Jameis Winston, um, I think Taysom Hill fits perfectly into what Taysom Hill's always done, which has been kind of – you know, yes, he, he might get a series or two here and there, even when Breeze was playing and playing well. But he's also in, extremely valuable on special teams. He's extremely valuable as a spot player on offense. And I think that's going to continue to be his role forever. I think Jameis Winston's going to, from what I've seen anyway, I think just in last year and in the preseason this year, he looks to have taken out that that little uh, sometimes big valley that he'll get himself into where one bad decision, he'll compound it with another one, two, three, right behind it. And I think that's how a team can get derailed that he's quarterbacking for. I don't think that's going to happen moving forward here for the Saints. So what do you make of Jared Goff? Is this um, sort of, I, I don't see this as a change of scenery helping him. I see this as like, he got cast off into the hinterlands. Yeah, I kind of see it that way too. I think the uh, the Rams needed the Lions to do them a favor and get rid of some of that salary. And in return, that's why the Lions got those two, two first-round draft picks. They would have gotten one for sure, but I think they got the extra one for taking, his sal- taking him and his salary. So I don't think they look at him as their long-term future. I think they look at potential packaging of first round picks to move up if they even have to, to get their eventual uh, franchise quarterback. But I think golf for the moment is serviceable because they're not, remember, they're not going to be this year, a great team. In fact, they'll probably come up uh, at the bottom in the inside their own division. But I think over time, given certain draft picks and a certain way that Dan Campbell, the head coach uh, wants to see things done, with the Lions, I think in two, three, four years from now, I think they'll be the team that everybody's hoping they will be. Uh, mentioned Tua. Uh, I'm really uh, kind of not sure where that where, where Tua fits in in the in the NFL. I think he's got the uh, ability and and the the smarts and everything, but is he the guy? Interesting, because now this morning, right? There's all this talk about uh, Deshaun Watson. Um, potentially moving or going to Miami, which right, I think is right. a pipe dream. He's not going to go there. Uh, I don't. I, I'm. I'll be surprised if if uh, Deshaun Watson ever plays again. Well, you know, um, the, you know the, uh, he, he was in. Uh, there was a lot, a lot of talk with him going to the Eagles too, and they ended up in Gardner Minshew. So you well, know, there was I, a lot I, of teams talking right. about. I think you can take your lead from all the teams that were talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deshaun Watson, who are now no longer talking about right. Deshaun Watson. So when he gets back to Tua, though, um, I'm kind of of the mind that 
I'm not so sure he's fantasy football wise, which is what we're talking here. I'm not so sure he's ever going to be a great fantasy football quarterback. Dynamic passer, I don't see it. I think he's a crafty guy who will over time make more good decisions than not. And he's a good enough athlete to escape some problems. But I think I just don't see him being like, um, you know, a Stafford or a Brady or an Aaron Rodgers who's going to constantly put up. He's going to scratch the surface. He's going to hit 4,000 nearly every year in yardage. He's going to scratch the surface of 4,500 a few times. I don't really see that out of Tua. You know, um, this was the year of the quarterback for the draft. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Uh, the rookies, I mean, all eyes on Trevor Lawrence looks like the real deal. And we got Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Williams, uh, Wilson, rather, and Mac Jones, who just got the nod over Cam Newton in New England. And then Cam Newton gets released. So he may end up <laughs> in Miami or wherever, you know, uh, or maybe, maybe Houston. Could be Cam Newton in Houston. But yeah, uh, I, yeah Mac, I, I like Mac Jones. I picked him in the first round of my fantasy dynasty draft, matter of fact, because I kind of sure. went with Belichick's history, you know, yeah. and I had a choice of uh, Jones or a couple other guys. And I said, eh, I'm going to go with Jones. And I'm glad I did. We'll see what happens. But um, Trevor Lawrence looks like the real deal. He does. He does. And I, but I think with the Jaguars, um, I think it's going to take them some years uh, to get enough players all working under uh, one system. And, um, and, and because it's a new head coach in Urban Meyer, I just think it's going to take them quite a while, certainly through season one, two, and maybe three, before that train really kind of gets moving. Um, the guy that I think even this year could be dynamic is Zach Wilson. I think talent-wise, he showed me a lot just in the preseason. He looked great against Green Bay, even though it was only a few series. Um, he just looks the part of a guy who decision-wise knows what he's doing, very accurate, athletic. Um, he's a guy that I don't think they've had there in New York, for, with the Jets anyway, for quite a while. Um, well, that's the problem, though. He's playing for the Jets. Well, problem <laughs> for historically a problem, but if you're the new guy, I think it's probably uh, – I think the Jets are going to fall in love with him pretty quick uh, if they haven't already. And uh, I think that, um, you know, Mac Jones, who you pointed out earlier, um, I think a lot of people, at least ones that follow the game and follow the NFL, really haven't been impressed by him um, and the progression he's made throughout the preseason, which likely means he's done a great job even in the time – since the draft leading up to the preseason. And I don't think anybody saw Cam Newton getting cut. No. Which I think really is more of a, a significant statement that the Patriots and Bill Belichick are making about Mac Jones. Yeah. And, oh, I, agree. Uh, I agree. So I think, you know, like you said, your instincts are, hey, maybe this guy is pretty good. Well, he kind of, at least for me, reminds me a little bit of, Tom Brady in his career, I'm not saying he's that guy just yet, but he's a very instinctive, accurate uh, passer and just a, a manager of the game. He makes good decisions no matter what it is. And so, yeah, I like the way that's been going so far in New England. And I think when you look at Justin Fields, say, and Trey Lance, and you kind of put them in the same category of, you know, 
there's somebody in front of each one of them mm-hmm. that for the moment is going to still be that guy. But I think both of them can have packages. And I know this is going to happen in San Francisco and it likely will too in Chicago packages where they can come in for a series or two at a time and then give way back to the regular starter. But def- the value of having a defense, having to prepare for both quarterbacks that are distinctly different from the guy who's starting, uh, I think gives those teams both an advantage that at least for the bears is going to matter. You know, it's interesting because I wanted to ask you about that, you know, because I know you're, you're still so in tune with the bears and you've got, you know, we had Trubisky the last couple of years, which was a disaster. And now we get Justin Fields, who is, you know, I think everybody agrees is a big step over Trubisky. And I think um, bringing in Andy Dalton to sort of be the transition guy was probably something good because Dalton's not going to end up anywhere, you know, major at any point. Uh, and maybe this is his last hurrah. And he, maybe Justin Fields kind of eases in. You think he, you think Fields is starting by the end of the year? I think there's a good chance Justin Fields could be starting, yes, by the end of the year and possibly by that Monday night game I was talking about where in mid-December the the Vikings go play in Chicago. I think there's a good chance that, you know, by the halfway point in the season, I still feel good about the prediction I made where – or I'm making that the the Bears will finish 9-8, and you know, somewhere around there. And I think that Justin Fields probably – as soon as the Bears go lose three or four in a row, um, I don't think it's going to take long for that switch to be made because everyone's going to go, well, why not? You know, what, what, you know, everyone, the, the talk right now is that their offensive line is so bad and they fit and rightfully so the game two, they looked horrible against the, the Buffalo bills. Um, but I think that, Justin Fields kind of gives them a dimension they haven't had in that town in maybe forever with the way Justin Fields can move around. And like I was mentioning earlier, that he just right now, to me, plays the game sort of beyond a guy just coming out of college because he doesn't look. He does not look machine like as he's going from one guy to the next to the next. It looks very smooth and fluid for him. You know, the uh, interesting thing about uh, this next subject we want to talk about are some of the, the long shot guys. And, and, you know, we mentioned Gardner Minshew got traded to the Eagles. Uh, you had Jordan Love, who was thought he was going to be playing <laughs> quite a bit. And now he's back behind Aaron Rodgers. Jimmy G is starting. We mentioned Deshaun Watson. But Dwayne Haskins is the guy I'm, I'm really, really and, not, and it's not because I'm just a Pittsburgh guy. Uh, you know, Dwayne Haskins is a guy who, I'm not sure. I, I think he's got a future in Pittsburgh. I really do. And I don't know whether it's over Mason Rudolph or what's going to happen here, but I really kind of think he does. Well, you would know. Uh, and so I think that it's going to take a lot, though, for him to, I'd say, overcome what, he, what has followed him around and what he's earned in a fairly quick amount of time in Washington was that he was the last guy getting in and the first guy getting out mm-hmm. and not vice versa. And I think that he's going to have to show that it's not just, uh, you know, clock in early in the morning. It's, you know, when the game is on the line, you know, are you making the right reads and throws then? 
And are, are, are we winning because of you? Because he figures that he's going to only get some time that is going to occur likely because if Ben maybe has sprained an ankle in a game or something and he has to come in at some point. But you probably don't look at Dwayne Haskins right now as, okay, we're waiting for game eight and then the season's yours, Dwayne. So I think he's going to have to earn what he earns is going to come in in spot duty when likely the game might still be on the line. Yeah, I I think, you know, if if they keep him, if they keep three quarterbacks on the roster, which is always a luxury because Mason Rudolph has always been, they've said is number two and Haskins has been impressive. Um, The thing being that you can't run those packages that you can run with Haskins that you can't, you can't run it with Mason Rudolph. You can't bring in those, you know, those running packages. You can't do it. And so I'm wondering who they carry uh, on game day behind Ben, if they carry two or I don't know. That That's kind of where my head's at. Well, a lot of that always comes down to, you know, special teams. So if you've got special teams typically are made up with, uh, you know, they'll ca- teams will carry like, extra an extra linebacker or two uh especially on a four wide out like what the old run and shoot teams used to be because they didn't have tight ends so you'd carry extra linebackers who would you know turn into also be good special teams players so to carry three quarterbacks that would mean that you're you're okay probably to carry one less offensive lineman um and so all that has to kind of play itself out and Dwayne Haskins has to give them that problem. Yeah. You know, he's so good that we can't afford to not have him active because we've got this package of plays that's just for him that's definitely he's going to play tonight. Where our, you know, our, our swing tackle might not. Right. So it, it's he'll have to have demonstrated up to now that he's, he, can make, he can fill that role. The wide receivers, uh, they've kind of taken over the, the running back position in fantasy, especially. Uh, top of the line guys like Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, all DK Metcalf, all solid first-round picks. But, but let's take a look at the underneath guys, the Justin Jeffersons, the A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson III, C.D. Lamb, along with Julio Jones. So take a look at those guys. Well, before I even go there, let me just say the guy who I think, you know, everyone's talking about how, the offense, the um, the NFL sort of transformed itself into this hybrid league, right? Mm-hmm. Of players. Well, typically those players are all on defense. It's the hybrid linebacker that can also play strong safety, or the the strong safety that can also play nickel corner. I can't remember the last hybrid offensive guy I heard of other than Kyle Pitts, because that guy, when they stacked him up the other night uh, in a in a in, in a picture side-by-side side with Megatron, who's going in the Hall of Fame, yeah. they, like, they physically look identical. Their measurables in terms of how fast they run are you know, not far off either. And I think that the, with Kyle Pitts, all he's ever going to see is strong safety and outside linebacker types yeah. covering. So who knows? He may rate, He might change the whole way fantasy football – evaluates and categorizes its offensive players. So we'll it's see. Like, it's like uh, with, with Gronk last year and also with uh, Taysom Hill, who fantasy football was 
labeled as a tight end, and then he became a quarterback. Even right. though he was a quarterback, and Gronk, of course, changed you know quite a bit of the tight end feeling. So, right, but I mean, you could match up Kyle Pitts on that team's best corner, and he's still going to win. Yeah. Um, anyway, to get to the wide receivers that you mentioned, so like DK Metcalf. Okay, here's a guy that physically looks unbelievable and got off to a great start last year, but then ran up against like. For instance, Jalen Ramsey with the Rams. The Rams, yeah, shut him down twice. Him, right. And so um, I think that he could be a great fantasy selection as a wide receiver. But as I mentioned before, I think Seattle is going to take the turn that goes the other way offensively and just get back to running the football and playing good defense. Yes, Russell Wilson is going to make some plays occasionally, or not more than occasionally. And DK Metcalf is often going to be on the receiving end of that. But is he going to be up into the top tier week to week? I doubt it. Um, another guy who I think will be is Keenan Allen. Now, didn't he get hurt for part of last year? Yeah. Okay. So he's got arguably the best young quarterback in year two in Justin Herbert, who had a phenomenal rookie year. And, uh, and that team's only gonna, going better all around. Justin Herbert, which is going to pay off for Keenan Allen and others. Uh, so his numbers, I think, are going to rise significantly this year. Justin Jefferson's another guy in Minnesota that I that he's someone that I would want to take. Um, and because, yes, they've got uh, – who's the other um, wideout they've got that's really good? Uh, um, in Minnesota. In Minnesota. That's um, – Adam. Is it Thielen, right? Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen. Yeah. yeah. But I think Justin Jefferson is kind of that elite type – speed wide receiver that's lanky and is going to get a lot of, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, as I said, is very accurate, makes a lot of good plays. The other guy I think in there too would be uh, CeeDee Lamb. And as long as Dak Prescott stays healthy, it's good for everybody. But the problem with CeeDee Lamb is he's got um, Austin Amari uh, Cooper, Amari Cooper <laughs> on the other side. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's some good good choices in there. But like I said, I think – the guy floating most under the radar right now that's going to really go that way is um, Keenan Allen. Well, you know, the uh, next group down is, uh, you know, Robert Woods. You mentioned Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup, DJ Moore, Deontay uh, Johnson, who's become a uh, favorite in, in Pittsburgh uh, over Juju Smith-Schuster. And, and then you had the rookie Jamar Chase as well as Devonta Smith. But, I mean, Jamar Chase was so highly rated coming out, and I think he's, he's going to be there. But he reminds me a little bit of um, Sammy Watkins because there was a lot of talk about him in training camp, him drop dropping balls, not making the plays. Uh, and that, you know, when you make that transition from college to the NFL, it, it, it could be light years away because of the speed of the game. Well, and remember, Jamar Chase sat out last year. Yeah. So um, I think that that can get overblown because look how many court, look how many receivers in the Hall of Fame. Jerry Rice, uh, Herman Moore, not yet, but these are guys that, that started. <laughs> right. But these are guys that started out their first year dropping a bunch of passes too. Um, the, the two names that I go to right off the top here that you've got listed, Robert Woods and Amari Cooper, because now Robert Woods, this is going to be the best quarterback he's ever played with, with Matthew Stafford. Yeah. And he's so versatile. And because they run the, the ball so well, 
Robert Woods is great in the slot, which means Robert Woods is great on the bootleg passing game as well. And he's got a great play caller in Sean McVay who loves to get the ball in Robert Woods' hands, rightfully so. Um, but I think if you went with Cooper Cup, you'd be fine too. But like like in the other direction, he's got CeeDee Lamb on the other side. Um, but, you know, that's all right. Uh, but I, I think either one of those two guys, to me, jumps out as the best in that group. You know, I like the rookies uh, also. I like Jalen Waddle. I like Rashad Bateman. And then you got McLaren in uh, uh, in Washington, who is you know sort of always under the radar, but he's he's there. He's he's catching good amount of passes. He's getting good yards and occasional touchdowns. Well, the first guy that I love in this group is um, Mike Evans in Tampa, and I think based on what I'm seeing here, I think he's at least one, if not two, levels down too low. Um, I think. In terms of, okay, if you're not going to put him in the top level, and I'm not sure why, if you put him in the second tier, he's at the top of that tier. Um, he's just too much of a physical mismatch. And he's got arguably one of the best quarterbacks who's ever played throwing him the ball. And uh, I just, you know, he's, and they've got weapons all over the place. But I think he's kind of the main one passing the game or passing game wise in Tampa. Um, the other one there, McLaurin, you mentioned is, what can't he do? I mean, he's a, he's got good size, good, great speed. And unfortunately for him, Ryan Fitzpatrick equals the best quarterback he's ever had. Although it's only been a, what, a three-year career for him so far. Um, you know, this is probably, and vice versa, this is probably the best receiver that Fitzpatrick or offense has had around him. Not to mention the defense that they've got that's going to get them some extra possessions every game. So uh, those two guys really stand out for me. And I think, um, yeah, uh, I just of the two of, of the rest of that group, those two jump out. I think, you know, the, the next group down I want to talk about uh, briefly is uh, guys who have been around for a while. They've been super standouts, you know, outside of Chase Claypool. And he, he's, you know, um, only been around a couple of years. But you got Odell Beckham, Juju Smith-Schuster, Corey Davis, T.Y. Hilton, Sammy Watkins, all guys who are, they've had their day, but is their day done? Or are they like wide receiver two, possibly three now, and no longer number one? Well, the guy that really jumps off the page to me in this group is Corey Davis. Because for a few years, he was like the Titans' only option. Yeah. And if he's healthy, he's got, I think, one of the best young quarterbacks in in um, uh, Zach Wilson that very few people really are noticing. And so I think that the Jets as a team will be improved this year. Uh, they don't have to win many games to do that. And I think Zach Wilson, you've got a great passer and Corey Davis hopefully will revive his career here with the Jets. And what a great tandem that would be for a few years. Um, the other one would be Eldo Beckham Jr. Um, you know, he had sort of an up and down start to last year and then he tore his ACL. And so even while he was playing, he was having to hear about, well, you know, as you know, why isn't he catching as many balls as Jarvis Landry? And, and but I think that because of that, he's going to be he's had all year to kind of stew over this. If he's even been stewing over anything <laughs> and he's got a great young quarterback or budding one in Baker Mayfield phenomenal uh, play caller and just head coach in Stefanski. 
and maybe one of the best, if not the best, offensive lines in the game. So I think if anyone's due for a breakout comeback year, it would be Odell Beckham. You know, I uh, I think you're referring to the fact, was he down in the Bahamas sucking on pina coladas this year? <laughs> well, Who knows? Know. Hopefully he was running a little bit on the beach as well. Exactly. You know, let's move on to the running backs. You know, the, the top of the tier guys, we all know about Christian McCaffrey, who goes number one in a lot of leagues this year. Uh, Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, the same, uh, Alvin Kamara. Uh, then we run into that, and Aaron Jones too, but then we run into that next group of uh, Nick Chubb, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Austin Eckler, Antonio Gibson, of course, Najee Harris, probably the, the top uh, rookie. Uh, talk a little bit about David Montgomery. You know, he came out a couple of years ago and everybody thought this was going to be the be all the end all, but he really hasn't. I mean, he's come along, he's done good games, he's played okay, but I don't really see him as a number one. Do you? I do, because I think the way he played. Not just last year, but the way he's played his entire, what, two or three year career there in Chicago, that guy finishes everything. I'll bet you he's the first, you know, to everything in that building all week long. And he like he finishes off every run strong. I don't care who it's against. He's trying to eke out every yard he can. And he developed into quite a pass receiver last year as well. That's why I think as Justin Fields comes along and hopefully Andy Dalton starts out this way is that, you know, over some time that, well, if he just continues what he's been doing, he rushed over a thousand yards last year. He'll probably be more significant in the passing game this year than he started out last year. Uh, also, they'll have Tariq Cohen in the backfield at some point, not to start the year apparently. So I think I like him. I like the way he's going. I like the way that, he kind of sets the tone offensively for the bears. And uh, if they can get the other group, especially up front playing with that same intensity level and push, you know, I think he could definitely be uh, a, a solid number one running back in this league this year. The one guy I uh, kind of am real curious about, and I think a lot of fantasy owners are is coming off of the injury uh, Saquon Barkley. I mean, this guy was the number one pick a couple of years ago, and he doesn't seem to be able to play a full season. Well, interesting that him and Odell Beckham Jr. were training this offseason, both on rehab in their ACL tears. And I love uh, Barkley because there's so many things he can do as a running back and as a receiver um, that – and we've seen all these guys come back. You know, everyone points to Adrian Peterson and the great 2,000-yard season he had following his ACL tear. But it's kind of like that now. Like, it's – I don't want to say it's no big deal, but the the physical therapy route that it takes to get back to full strength doesn't seem nearly what it used to be, say, you know, 10 years ago. So all these guys that are, you know, still tearing ACLs, it's kind of almost – if you think about it, Remember when Tommy John surgery, torn uh, rotator cuff, where yeah. just your career was done as a pitcher. Now, now it's almost required. Now you want to have one because it strengthens it up more than it was before. Uh, whether it goes that way or not, I don't know with ACLs, but certainly I think Saquon Barkley is is back up in my mind anyway. I would have no problem drafting him just as I would have before. You know, and the guy that usually is really under the radar, but the last couple of years uh, he's – He's there, you know, you look at him, he's a workhorse, gains a thousand yards, he scores 12 touchdowns last year. Nick Chubb, I mean, Nick Chubb is like, 
you just don't think of Nick Chubb as being the guy who you want to be your number one running back. But if you got a shot at him, you take him. Yeah, you take him. And I think the reason at least fantasy owners might say so is because they've got Kareem Hunt in the same backfield. So they're going to be sharing carries. But again, they that's one of the best, if not the best offensive line in the game. They got a great play caller in Stefanski. And he knows how to make use of both of them in in uh, the running game and passing game. So I, I just, I love Nick Chubb as a runner. Again, he's kind of, he reminds me, whether Montgomery reminds me of him or vice versa, they're both tough. They both finish off runs. And uh, and I love uh, Nick Chubb. Does Zeke Elliott rebound this year now that Dak's back in the mix? Tough to say, you know, um, hopefully so, but I wouldn't bank on it. I, in fact, I would probably take, um, I'm trying to think of a, of somebody who might take before. So I might take a Najee Harris before Ezekiel Elliott, just because he's the only show in Pittsburgh. Um, true. Their offensive line does have to show that they've been revamped and can, can be what they once were. But in terms of, um, Who's going to produce more this year? I think it's likely that Najee Harris will. Yeah, I, I'm glad to hear you say that because I have both of them. <laughs> Matter of fact, <laughs> I made can't a huge lose trade. I was picking eight, and I'm in a dynasty league, and uh, so we we keep 13 players out of our 19. And uh, I made a huge trade because I there was no way I was not going to get Najee Harris if I could help it. So I traded James Conner, Odell Beckham, um, Taysom Hill the Rams defense and my third for the number one overall to get Najee Harris. Uh, a couple of those guys I was going to cut, you know, or was on the cusp, you know, cause I just didn't have yeah. room to keep them. Uh, but I gave the guy a whole starting team and, you know, he finished last last year and finished last year before, and we'll probably finish last this year. But, you know. <laughs> so here well, you if, are. He, if he does finish last, it's going to be thanks to you. Yeah, exactly. So here, here, here's the final question for you as we wrap this up. You're, it's not a dynasty league. You're drafting from scratch. You're number one. Um, you got the first, second, or third picks. Who do you take number one? Hmm. Well, I don't know how you could not take Patrick Mahomes. I was going to say, I knew you'd say that. <laughs> uh, and, huh, as you mentioned, so the receivers have sort of now turned into – what used to be the running back, the value of the running back has now become someone's top receiver. Right. So I, I would almost think about taking Tyreek Hill, the combination of both those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tyreek Hill is going to go for probably this year, hmm, 14 to 1500 yards, probably the way he runs the ball in is a downfield threat. He'll probably end up with 15 touchdowns. And that's just one of several options they've got on that team. Yeah. Okay, you're picking third now since you've already told me your number two pick. Uh, who you're picking third? Those two guys are gone. Who you take? Okay, so let's say I let's say I, I have the number one and the number three pick. So yeah. Patrick Mahomes is now gone. Right. Um, let's say I don't know uh, Aaron Rodgers is now gone, mm-hmm. and with the third pick. Um, if I'm the one that's got Patrick Mahomes, I might take Kyle Pitts. Really? Might. Yep. Because 
you've got, again, you've got Megatron ran what four, three, low four threes or whatever. Well, Kyle yeah. Pitts at the same size runs four, four. Only Kyle Pitts is never going to see a cornerback and yeah. defend him. And so, you know, if the, if the Falcons can run the ball at all, then he will become an enormous threat in the passing game on crossing routes and down the middle. And so I think he's, like I said, I think he's going to change the way that defenses play in the NFL. Who are you going to, are you ever going to face man coverage against him? Cause who's going to be the man that's covering him? You'd have to have a complete, you'd have to have a guy that currently doesn't exist that can, has the speed to put a linebacker on him. No, you've got to have Jalen Ramsey, but a guy that can fill a hole and be Jalen Ramsey in the running game. Cool. Well, there you have it. Uh, uh, be interesting to play your team this year. But <laughs> Kramer if I got Brill, those fantasy. two guys, I probably won't lose. No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> there you have it. Kramer and Brill, Fantasy Football Podcast, our videocast too. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Lips, and Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel. Or you can find all the links for this at KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way. For my friend and colleague, Eric Kramer, I'm Bob Brill. We'll see you next time.